Welcome to How the Guest Was Won, Tales from the Trails for Vacation Rental Pioneers. This is your host, Andy Medic, CEO of Stay Attention, former CEO of my own vacation rental management company, Sea Change Vacation Rentals, and most importantly, guest. To thrive as an operator in the wild west of today's vacation rental industry, you must get focused and clear on your brand and revenue strategy. In this podcast, through stories from our businesses and our experience as guests, we'll explore the concepts, challenges, and common obstacles encountered while building vacation rental hospitality brands, regardless of scale. Vacation Home Pioneers, bring your voices, your stories, and join me on the trails as together we tell the true story of how the guest was won. Coming up, this episode is called Know Your Client Avatar While Rolling Your Eyes. Who's your ideal client? Don't risk trying to be all things to all people. Focus in on who you want to serve and how is that reflected in your business strategy. What to do when client needs conflict with each other. The topic of today's episode has us figuring out who we want to work with and why. How is this reflected in your brand, identity, and strategy? Don't overlook revenue. Strategizing on the type of clients you want to reach is a big part of the revenue that you'll be able to deliver. But first, our usual reminder, if you have not already listened to earlier episodes, including our preview episode, I urge you to go back and listen since our seasons run as a complete series and I would be very sad for you to miss out. Today, let those horses rest. They helped us cover a lot of ground on the trail in episode 7. So for today, let's also rest up and gather around our campfire to chat. Client and guest avatars are an important part of building a strong, clear brand strategy. But I still had to learn it the hard way in my own business. It's painful to learn anything the hard way, So I just had to include an episode in this first season about the importance of figuring out the type of client that's the best fit for one's business model and hospitality brand. Hence this episode on client avatars. Property owner, investor, and guest client avatars. I'm going to cover all of those. What is an avatar? What is a persona? Both words mean the same thing and are used interchangeably. Although you probably see avatar used more as a visual representation and persona as a description. Think of an avatar as a character image, an icon chosen to represent an actual person. Like the avatar you choose when you set up your Netflix login, for example. A persona is a marketing concept. It's an amalgam of real-world characteristics assembled into a fictional character to represent a business's ideal or target customer. You'll hear this word mostly in the context of a buyer persona, or in our industry parlance, a guest persona. I'm a big believer in identifying property owner and investor client personas in addition to guest client personas. 
Marketing peeps talk about how personas are informed by market research, quantitative and qualitative data. Well, in the real world, we don't all have the resources for such a large marketing organization to run that kind of research for us. For the rest of us, we kind of figured it out the hard way like I did. In the field, one painful, one good experience at a time. I'm hoping that this episode will help you avoid some of the pain and just experience the gain. They say no pain, no gain. I say, I took the pain, you take the gain. I hope this episode helps you lay down some ground rules for your own vacation home management company, hospitality brand, regarding the type of owner and guest personas that are not only the best fit for your brand, but also best suited to your business model, best for you to work with, and most importantly, allow you to deliver the best return on the owner and guest persona investment. The main concept behind a persona is that while people do not have uniform wants and needs, they may be grouped based on similar associations of wants and needs. It helps to have an example. My spouse is a typical type A personality redhead. Time's money, look, shiny squirrel just ran by, short attention span, give me the highlights fast type of personality. Within this common personality type is also a need for communication. Lots of it. Just keep it short. I've learned with spouse that I have an average of about 20 seconds to make my point, else eyes glaze, attention is lost. The spouse has switched off or switched on to some other attention grabbing else. When spouse is your property owner client, you'd better be prepared for lots of short phone calls. There is a very short thought to action time frame for spouse. If you take this personality type on, you'd better have a structure in place to respond fast and often. When spouse is your guest, you'd better have a quick clear message, obvious calls to action on your website and someone available to answer questions. Gee whiz! You may be listening to this and thinking, gee, I would never take such an aggressive client personality on. To this I say, be nice. Spouse has an assertive personality, not aggressive. Want to know the difference between the two? Well, you can Google. I have pioneers falling asleep at the campfire here. I need to keep moving. I say the spouse is a good personality type to take on. Why? They're telling you exactly what their needs are, often, quickly. You're not left wondering. My point is that personality types can have some generalization applied based on how much people associate with various traits. Building a rounded set of client personas is incomplete until you also factor in goals. You owe it to your owner investor clients in particular to discover what their goals are in making their properties available for guest use. I need to jump in at this point and wrap up what is admittedly a quick conversation on guest personas in this episode. Come out with your hands up! You got me. I have something I need to come clean about. You see, I personally found it much harder to come up with guest personas than owner-investor personas for my own vacation home management company. In fact, I didn't consider guest personas in our branding work until I had enough historic reservations data to analyze. When I looked into our data, 
it very clearly spoke of our most frequently occurring guest demographic. Data never lies. Look for the patterns in the data, what's there, and also what's not there. Our data showed overwhelmingly that our guests were multi-generational family groups. Sometimes it was one of the first generation, a retired grandparent with time on their hands that made the reservation. At other times, it was one of the adult children from the middle generation that made the reservation. The average age of the second generation, adult children guest, was, I'd say, early 40s. Children, the third generation, they ranged in age from 5 to 16 years. How do you use this data? Well, here's one example. When I looked at our managed inventory, I became concerned that we were skewing towards too many two-bedroom, one-and-a-half-bathroom condos with an occupancy of four to six guests. How does that type of property serve the demographic of our most frequently occurring guests? How does it factor into the following? Number one, our owner and property acquisition plan. Number two, our rate pricing. Number three, occupancy. Number four, marketing. And number five, vacation planning. The answer is this data analysis forever changed all of the above. Following the age-old advice that the answer is in the problem, and also Occam's razor of most plausible answer, I stopped struggling to come up with complicated target guest personas. Instead, I looked at the attitude that united all of our guests, regardless of demographic. What type of guest became our target ideal persona? Any guest who valued quality in amenities and professional management, regardless of demographic affinity, such as age, income, and so on. Our guest persona targeted an attitude, not a demographic. What I'm referring to here is the branding concept of psychographic categorization of client personas versus demographic. My target guest persona is not a demographic. It's a psychographic. My target guest is based on attracting the type of guest who values quality. This is a very different type of guest who favors a quick and easy cheap deal that they may find on, say, Airbnb. This latter type of guest will happily book a less than optimal vacation experience in a poorly managed, poorly amenitized property. This type of guest may grumble about stained linens, uncomfortable furnishings, a refrigerator full of open containers of food that's been left from prior guests, closets full of owner personal belongings, a list of chores to perform before departure, and so on. Even an illegal rental where the owner may be in violation of their community rules. Despite the grumbles, this type of guest will happily look for similar types of properties and even be a repeat guest where the experience was not great. This most definitely was not my target guest. Uh-oh. For the rest of this episode, I'm going to focus mainly on owner-investor personas to illustrate our lesson on client personas in general. So where do we start with client or owner-investor personas. I recommend starting with a goals-based approach first. If you're not already asking your clients about their goals, then start. This goes back to my point all the way back in episode one. Why is why so rarely asked? Ask your property owner client leads. Why do you want to make your property available for paying guests? Then be quiet. Let them speak. 
If you don't get an answer, keep digging. Keep asking why. Even if that means asking, I noticed you didn't answer my question. Why is that? It seems to me that the key to a successful business is to keep asking questions. Naturally, as we all know, when on a sales pitch, it helps to connect with the prospect if we match their personality style in our pacing, but also in a quick estimation of their personality attributes. Speed it up for attention challenge type A's, slow it down and give more detail for analytical types. And here's a true story. I once had a two-part listing appointment run six hours over two days. I never, ever did this again. The prospect was a retired attorney who needed to go through my listing contract line by line. Why is it that attorneys and realtors, such people-facing professions, can be so challenging to work with? Okay, before the hate mail starts pouring in from attorneys and realtors listening, I will say I briefly considered a career in immigration law and I am a licensed realtor. I personally love working with clients who are in these industries. Why? I get you. I get your needs. I love you, man. Justin Timberlake brought sexy back. I need to bring this conversation back as a back to the point. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to go into too much detail on personas in marketing, since Google will easily throw up lots of good articles. So instead, let's recap. Owner personas. Clients may be grouped into types according to personality traits and goals. Check. When it comes to goals, people are driven by pain points. What are commonly occurring pain points? Check. We figure out the hard way, or preferably the easier, more expensive, data-driven way, Firstly, what goals or pain points client types have. And secondly, what personality types are best suited to our company and resources. It seems to me that the purpose of crafting personas in your business is to get to know your clients or customers, what motivates them, and even an effort to understand how they think. It's surprising to me that so many vacation home management companies don't make even the basic attempt to get to know their customers. A simple Google of a guest ahead of confirming their reservation can be illuminating not only to head off potential issues, but also to personalize the guest experience. Why wait until something goes wrong to try to get to know your guests better? If all else fails, just ask the guests anything that you want to know. Anything that's legal to ask, that is. I was shocked then to see in a social media group dedicated to professional OTA hosts that when someone posed a question relating to tracking guest data for marketing purposes down the road, well, the person was slammed with negative feedback. What did this person do wrong in the eyes of this host group? The author of the post had dared to suggest asking a guest what the purpose of their trip was. The engagement on this post overwhelmingly veered towards most definitely not asking guests why they're staying at the property, since it was considered intrusive. 
Several hosts commented that they would never ask a guest this question since it was none of their business and they needed to respect their guests' privacy. That's a needle off the record, hit pause, head scratching opinion when we're in a hospitality guest serving role. Firstly, why wouldn't you want to know more about your guests so you can help them better? Secondly, it's a missed opportunity to develop a database that can be mined for booking patterns and used for future marketing outreach. Hold it right there! Here's a story from a friend of mine. This person is well known in our industry, so I will withhold the name to save blushes. And, well, you know, it's their story, not mine. Anyway, friend was contracted to speak at the largest vacation rental industry conference in the world, being hosted that year in, well, you know, the city doesn't really matter. The point is, this conference is massive. It attracts vacation rental operators and vendor partners from a worldwide audience. Friend did what one would expect of an industry player. They booked a vacation rental property for the duration of the visit to speak at the conference. Typical of most guests... My friend likes to cook, but also likes a tea kettle, since, as we know, microwaves just don't cut it for heating water. Friend did not see a tea kettle in the kitchen, so took to scouring all of the kitchen cabinets. Friend was disappointed to see a typical jumble of damaged, mismatched kitchen equipment at the property. In this property, however, there was not just one scratched, dented, damaged fry pan, but, wait for it, 13 of them. That's actually not that surprising to me since we frequently saw this during our onboarding kitchen inspections in my own vacation home management company. I once inventoried a kitchen and found several dinged up metal fry pan guards. A fry pan guard is not something you would typically find in your average kitchen, but this one had several, all damaged, all unusable. I think that by now you would figure out that lack of attention to the kitchen is the villain of this story. The hero of our story would be my conference friend. I would suggest that the villain of this story, however, well, it's as much the lack of interest in your guest as it is a really badly stocked kitchen. You have one of the most prominent, well-known speakers, industry expert, and host of a very popular podcast as your guest. Guest has booked your property to attend a very large event in your city. And not just any event, a vacation rental management event, mind you. With all of these breadcrumbs, you still don't connect with your guest? Well, beware of a guest with a microphone. This story has been told and retold. I'm sure by now you've figured out who my friend is. You know, this story goes back quite a few years and it's repeated itself over and over in many cities across the world as conferences shift locations. The same lack of curiosity and care to know the guest has been repeated at each locale. It's an industry-wide problem. It tells me a lot about your brand if you don't make even the most basic attempt to get to know your guest and see your product from their perspective. And just like that, I've proven my point on guest personas. Gather as much data as you can, then go to town analyzing it for patterns. Before we get into the fun part of giving you my own personas from my own vacation home management company, I want to return briefly to you, your why. (laughs) 
The absence of articulating your why for your business will be the villain of your story. <laughs> Preempt that villain. Stop Dick Dastardly before he even gets near his car. If you've not fully articulated your why, after this episode, block your calendar and open your journal. Hidden in your why are breadcrumbs, clues to the type of clients best suited to your business. My why was that I thought guests and owners were getting shortchanged. The guests deserved a better experience. A better guest experience delivered more revenue to happier owners from better staged and better maintained properties. I summarized my why as a hospitality focus in a resort rental market dominated by a real estate property-based mentality. Owner revenue was suffering because the guest was not being considered. But my why went further. You're going to need to keep digging. Keep asking yourself why you want to do this until you feel the light bulb pop. Then stop. My why ended up flipping the conventional vacation rental assumptions on their heads. I centered my why around the guest and not the property owner investor. I feel that in hospitality, if we focus on the guest needs as the driver and not the personal needs of the property owner investor, then happier guests will return more revenue to happier guest-focused owner-investors. That's a risky assumption. It automatically excludes a lot of potential property owner-investor personas from your target owner-investor persona group. Good. It makes for a leaner, better-positioned, more profitable business. Besides, I have the data to back it up. My why ended up driving the type of client that I would work with. I did not figure this out right away. Honestly, it took me four full years to get to the point where not only did I feel my business was bringing in enough revenue to start phasing out owners that I'd onboarded who were not a great fit, or I had enough experience, data, to recognize common traits and start to group my inventory based on owner personas. Four years is a lot of time to wait to get it right. I'm embarrassed at how bad a fit a client was for my company or my company for their needs in the early days. Some of my most difficult clients were my best teachers, however. Others I should have walked away from and never have worked with them. They were a constant drain on our resources and blocked us from adding value for them. Don't wait four years. Go back to why you started your business. Look into that why for clues to what is non-negotiable in your business model. Identifying these non-negotiable areas gives you something to evaluate owner personas against. At the end of the day, can I meet my commitments for this client type without compromising on my business model? If you can, take the client. If you can't, walk away. If you do walk away from a client, please never ever make the client feel that there's something wrong with them and or their property. The popular saying is right, regardless of personality type and client goals, people do not remember what we did for them or even what we said to them. They remember how we made them feel. When letting an owner down, do it gently. Diplomatically explain why it's not a good fit. 
but word it in a way that is focused on their needs and not yours. You never know. If you handle things sensitively, then sometimes a client that you've decided was not a good fit for you will actually refer other clients to you once they understand your your business model. When I speak of personas in the following sections, I'm not being gender-specific. These traits apply equally to all genders. Sales experts identify four main client personality types, and these are driver, analytical, amiable, and expressive. We may think of these personas as number one, driver Daisy or A-type Alan. These are goal-orientated, time-is-money personality types, commanding in nature. They value information delivered quickly and succinctly. They may come across as insensitive or aggressive. They are fast decision-makers wanting immediate answers and solutions. They want you to be prepared. You'll need to get straight to the point with Driver Daisy or A-Type Allen. Be factual, not flowery in your communication. Expect lots of quick factual, frequent contact with this persona. Be prepared to quickly explain how you will meet their goals. Do not expect this persona to read emails, newsletters, or blog posts. They will have their phones welded to their hands. The challenge with this persona is that they are natural people or relationship-orientated personalities. But if you don't respond quickly with competent advice, they will get angry and move on. Number two, Analytical Annie or Eddie Engineer. These are your facts and figures, detail-orientated people. They will quickly open their laptops and get excited to see your spreadsheets and your revenue projections. They will do lots of research on every feature of a brand, including yours. Expect to spend a lot of time with this owner persona, helping them through decision-making. They make decisions slowly based on data. Like drivers, analytical people do not want a lot of flowery language or concepts. Hence, you will need to be direct, straightforward, and have your data ready for inspection. You'll need to get straight to the point with analytical Annie or Eddie Engineer. Be factual, not flowery in your communications, since they value logic over emotion. The challenge with this personality type, beyond the time requirements, is that they could be quite sensitive if they perceive you're not being patient with their needs. Number three, amiable, Amy, or rapport, Rudy. These are your go-along, to get-along, respectful, sociable, do-what-I-say-I-will kind of people. They care a lot about building rapport and establishing trust. They're motivated by how much they feel a company is meeting their expectations and value their interests in a relationship. They can be quite sensitive to personal interactions, so expect a lot of contact and hand-holding. To build relationships, ask them a lot of questions that show interest in their needs. The challenge with this persona is that they need to feel that they personally like you in order to work with you. Business is all personal with this persona type. Be wary of them easily taking offense at your guidance. Offer up others on your team to build rapport. This persona wants to feel part of a family. They may not always let you know when they're upset or disappointed, so you're going to need to check in, and often, else issues may build to a slow boil. And boy, watch out. At that point, 
it may be too late to rebuild the damaged relationship. And number four, expressive Ellie or creative Carl. These are very expressive, highly creative types. When you pitch facts to this persona, they're unlikely to ask you a direct question back. Instead, be prepared for a story about their perspective versus being asked for more information. Like amiable personality types, they value relationships. The difference is in the name. Expect them to let you know how they feel, loudly, often. Expressive people are fast decision makers, just like drivers. So what patterns do we see in these personality types? This is what I take away from them. We have fast and slow decision makers. Expressive and non-expressive. Lots of details versus just the highlights. I don't want to get too deeply into owner and property portfolio curation based on owner personas in this episode. I'm going to have a full episode on owner and property acquisition planning in a future season. This season, our first season, is all about introducing concepts. So let's return to the concept of owner personas. Without further ado, I present to you my owner personas from my own vacation home management company. That's what I'm talking about. Here are my owner personas based on client goal. You may feel that these owner personas are a little dated, given what happened with the real estate market recently. The past two years saw an excessive demand over supply, with buyers overpaying for real estate. I can tell you my experience in resort areas close to major metropolitan areas, there are many buyers still with available cash for resort properties. These are the owner personas I used in the real estate sales part of my management company. It's how I work with buyer clients who later became vacation rental clients. These buyer personas who later became owner personas also tied into how I manage revenue for these client types. Number one, investor Inez, an investor buyer owner. Inez never visits or uses the property. Inez bought the property purely to maximize income returns on the purchase. Number two, second home Sam, a second home buyer owner. Sam wanted a resort holiday home, but needed to rent it out for the income to cover expenses. Sam might not want to rent, but has to for the income. Number three, laid-back Lisa, a high-net-worth buyer owner. Lisa wants a resort holiday home which she can easily afford without renting it, but Lisa rents it anyway for some extra cash. Lisa often has a specific goal, such as make enough to pay for a family wedding or take the family to Italy for the summer while the property is rented out. And I actually worked with clients who did both of these things with the revenue that I delivered for them. To be perfectly frank here, I always found real estate buyers to be easier to sum in simple, definitive client persona categories because the sales cycle is a lot shorter and the needs more contained. When a buyer swaps roles and becomes a property owner client in your management program, the relationship, the sales cycle is ongoing with no firm end date. The support is more complicated, the relationship more nuanced. Hence, I think of owner personas as a tiered process. At a high level, what main personality type is this owner? Driver, analytical, amiable, or expressive? From there, 
I factor in their persona from a property buyer or financial goal perspective. I then drill down further and consider if the owner persona has elements of other high-level categories or any other factors such as geographic location of the owner. Do you recognize the following owner types in your company? Number one, local Lucy. Lucy lives close enough that she can visit the property and turn over windows. If you have a local Lucy combined with an expressive Ellie or an engineer Eddie, analytical type, then you have a real challenge getting that property turned quickly for a pending guest arrival. Have you ever experienced A-type Alan, driver type, also local Larry, local Lucy, at a property during a turnover? They can cause chaos with housekeeping, office, and property inspectors if they don't get a quick enough response. It's very challenging when you're focused on the needs of an incoming guest to have these owner types present at the property. Number two, out-of-town Oliver. Oliver lives far enough away he may really, if ever, visit. You're generally going to be challenged to get out-of-town Oliver to appreciate his property from a guest perspective. You're really going to need to be persistent, clear, patient, factual, and creative to reach an out-of-town Oliver with the needs of the guest, regardless of high-level persona category. I also recommend another way of writing up owner personas based on common ways that owners act based on their personality type. I don't need to get too much into that since by now I'm sure you get the idea and, well, you could come up with your own client personas for your own brand. I'll give you one owner persona personality type that was most definitely not a good fit for my brand. Are you ready for this? I'm going to call this owner persona type Control Connie. I fought this type of owner so much in the first few years in business. This personality type, for various reasons, needs to be in control of their property management. Be careful and be ready if you encounter this type of owner persona. They will push buttons that not even the most difficult guest will find to push. You will never find a way of making this owner happy. I will also say if you're working with a client persona who considers you to be a complete idiot, then the worst thing you can do is to prolong the relationship and stick around long enough to prove them right. In their eyes, they are always right. It's my belief this owner should either find a different investment class or self-manage their own property. They're just not temperamentally suited to the vacation rental business or to loosen control enough to let somebody else in to help them. When it comes to Control Connie, don't automatically discount them. First, do a little exploratory digging. Find out what's motivating them. I once fired a Control Connie as a client after a nightmare of a challenging year working with them. Nothing, absolutely nothing, and even the most finite detail that we could do for this owner was enough or ever done correctly. Everyone at my company was a complete idiot to this owner. Not even the revenue we delivered made them at least verbally happy. I put Connie on notice that we would not represent their property after we closed out the last guest's stay of the summer. I was shocked then, a few days after this conversation, to get another call from Connie. Connie at first glance would be a driver daisy, but I was about to discover 
on this unusual call from Connie that normally a very cold, analytical type, well, Connie got very emotional on this call. It turns out Connie had struggled to afford to buy their property. Connie, not one of my real estate buyer clients, was constantly stressing over the idea of anybody else in their property. Connie rented because Connie needed the income to cover the mortgage. I welcomed Connie back. The relationship really didn't get any better, so we ended up parting ways at the end of the year anyway. What I learned from this experience helped me craft a better pre-listing service for owners in terms of guiding them through a revenue strategy goal-setting process for renting out their property. Working with Connie also led me to look for patterns with other similar client personality types and friction-laden relationships. At this point, we were almost complete with our rebranding, and I had a very firm notion of our brand positioning and decided that Control Connies were never going to be a good fit for our branded way of working. Our system was very specific. It asked a lot of our owners, but it really worked, and I had the data to back up my claims. Now I knew that to let any owner pick and choose from our system or fight for control just would not produce the results our system could deliver. That is our cue to wrap up another episode of How the Guest Was Won, Tales from the Trails for Vacation Rental Pioneers. What ground have we covered today and what questions have we raised for further discussion? Firstly, we introduced the difference between an avatar and a persona. Next, we introduced owner personas and attempted to define high-level categories based on generalized personality types. I covered my experience from my own vacation home management company up next. Then I introduced additional lower level persona attributes to help us drill down further into owner types. Next, most importantly, in a 30 minute episode, we can barely scratch the surface of how owner personas tie into building our hospitality brands. Because of that, I hinted at how we can include this complex owner persona concept into our businesses. I encourage you to revisit your why. Why are you doing what you do? Hidden in that why are your non-negotiable standards that your unique brand is built on. These are the reference points to the type of owner personas that are a best fit for your brand. Then, I gave my overall advice when it comes to using owner personality types to work within your business. And it was this. Each of us has our own personality types, We will have a variety of personality types on our team supporting our clients, and that's life, part of what makes us human. I think the real clue in determining if the attributes of a certain personality type are a good fit for your business lies in the client's goals and circumstances. If you're not resourced to work with the client's personality type and their circumstances to achieve mutual goals, then you can't work with that client. Put simply, you're not going to be able to add value. Focus on adding value first. Success will follow. And that's it. Up next on episode nine, I'm going to lead the trail conversation 
as I introduce a concept that I developed in my own vacation home management company, and I call this concept Revenue by Design. That's the sound of another campfire connection coming to an end. I always like to close with a pun in case we got a little too heavy in our conversation. So, sun's out, pun's out, here we go. Question. (laughs) What's the best way to market cat food? Answer. Develop buyer personas. (laughs) Until next time, happy trails. If your brand resonates with this podcast and you would like to sponsor this podcast, please get in touch with me through our website, stayattention.com forward slash podcast. If you have an episode topic or a story just burst in to be told, also get in touch with me through our website, stayattention.com forward slash podcast.